Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. To the distinguished ladies and gentlemen of Red Nation, thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. And we are recapping game three of the Lakers Rockets series. And I'll be honest, we just got on call, but Mike, this just the the energy between you and I right now is not what I want to see. And it's unfortunate. But these these games happen. It's unfortunate. Uh first of all, it's always a pleasure to be with you, sir. Of course. The pleasure is all mine. The the people that are gonna freak out over this game, I'm I'm not necessarily freaked out because it's not like we are in LA or we lost when we had home court advantage. We lost the game on a neutral court to a very, very good basketball team. Um, with no Daniel House, I think we all found out how important he is to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boy, Benny Mack, was absolutely horrendous tonight. And Austin, Not very good. Austin Rivers sucked, too. Not very good. Both of them weren't good. And... <laughs> We'll talk about what happened in the fourth quarter, I'm sure, at some point, uh, because I have a thought or two about what Kyle Kuzma did to Robert Covington uh, that was not addressed on the national broadcast. And no one seemed to see what actually Kyle Kuzma did, uh, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, But a very uh, unfortunate outcome tonight in a game that I thought had some really good moments. I thought James Harden was great tonight. Um... I mean, getting exposed to double and triple teams is not easy for anybody. Still finished with 33 points, nine assists, nine rebounds. I mean, I I don't know what else we want him to do at this point. Uh, But those are my initial thoughts on tonight's game. You know, this is the second consecutive game where the Lakers have shot better than 50%. And they also shot – I mean – to me, that, that's where I point to first when I'm looking at why did the Rockets lose this game, is they have not found an answer for LeBron, for Anthony Davis, for Rajon Rondo. And that is, the other two, it's fine. But for Rondo, they need to find an answer for him because he has often been the X factor in this series. The last two games... He's played well in every game so far, and props to him. But he's and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but no way should he be getting twenty-one and nine off the bench. Like that's not something the Rockets can afford at this point, and that's probably a big reason why they lost this game. You know, he hit two big threes in that fourth quarter. I mean, we can talk about how in the whole second half the offense wasn't super strong, but. 
you know, this is the second straight game where the Rockets were leading at one point during the fourth quarter, or they were tied going into the fourth quarter, and they lose uh, again. This is every game has been decided in the fourth quarter in this series, and the Lakers have won two out of the three fourth quarters so far in this series, and that's why they're up two games to one. Rajon Rondo is outplaying Russell Westbrook this series. Yes, what? he is, but he's also outplaying a lot of people. I mean, he's probably the, he's easily the third best player for the Lakers. And you know, if you put the Rockets, like if you have a starting five from the series, like an all all series team, it's probably Harden. LeBron, AD, Rondo, and other than, I mean, tonight Eric Gordon wasn't particularly good. No, Eric Gordon was awful tonight. Yeah. And hey, what did I say? Like, every time Eric Gordon plays poorly, it's hard for the Rockets to win. And yes, you know, Westbrook was pretty good tonight. But, you know, Eric Gordon is such an important part to what the Rockets want to do. And tonight, he didn't do what he needed to do in order for the Rockets to win. Didn't complete his, he didn't complete his role. And I think that tonight it was more important for him to do that because Daniel House wasn't there. And because House wasn't there, the slack had to be pulled. And I don't think it was covered by enough of the guys tonight. I mean, three points from PJ Tucker is unacceptable. Um, he but he didn't really have the opportunity, like he wasn't involved in the offense. The offense was Westbrook and Harden, and you know it was pretty effective for most of the game. I'd say you know Harden had a pretty decent night efficiency wise. Westbrook was a lot better at shot taking and made smarter decisions with the basketball. You know the team only committed nine turnovers, which is uh, an improvement to say from the previous game, but there just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough for me tonight. They're, I mean, they they were taken out of their game totally. They only shot 33s, only made 12 of them, which is very unlike them. The that That's like supposed to be their advantage. That's part of their identity, and that part of their identity was stripped tonight. I understand that they wanted to establish more of a presence inside, and they did that. But you also need to establish a presence on the perimeter. And tonight they didn't do that as much as they could have because had they shot, you know, their normal amount of threes, maybe this game ends differently. You know, four threes is the difference in this game. And and had they shot 20 more, they would have made probably four more because granted their or their percentage, had they shot 20 more, they would have made eight and that would have won them the game. Yeah, the they they a big reason they lost this game was bench play. We're seeing that the Lakers there is no bench. There is no bench. Let's get that right. No, but yeah, but that's what I said last show, and I'm going to say it again this show. You, D'Antoni, I feel for D'Antoni in a game like this because losing whatever's going on with Daniel House, and it's very strange because not that he would have played, but Tyson Chandler also missed the game for personal reasons. So yeah. you got to think. I mean, I don't want to speculate on it because we have to talk about the game, but Tyson Chandler and Daniel House both missing the game for personal reasons at the last minute. I'm I hope everything's okay. That, that's I, my first thought. Yeah, absolutely. I hope everything Especially is okay. Especially it being so close to tip-off. Right. Uh, and that, that's not necessarily something that, you know, 
it's a personal thing, so we don't know how long that's going to be. We don't know if they'll have to leave the bubble and come back uh, in quarantine. That could mean no more house for the rest of the series, and that would be a crushing blow. In fact, the Rockets proved tonight that they cannot win this series without Daniel House, and hopefully his absence is just tonight's game. If it's longer, I worry about the Rockets being able to come back in this series. Well, what, what have you said to me many times before that there are guys on our bench that are used as insurance policies? You needed an insurance policy tonight and you still didn't go to it. Mm-hmm. So that, should, that, that proves to me that I will not mention Damari Carroll or Luke Bamute on this show anymore the rest of the series because you saw it tonight that he simply won't play them, which is a real problem when your bench is getting outscored by 26 points. The mm-hmm. Rockets' legs are dead by the fourth quarter. They were dead. And I think it's an appropriate time to say that Kyle Kuzma should have been given a flagrant foul for what he did to Robert Covington in the fourth quarter. Mm. Blatant, shoved Robert Covington. You watch his arm. Watch his arm shove Robert Covington directly into Anthony Davis. It's a hard – well, I mean, it's a hard play to call, I think, in the moment – similar to what happened with Anthony Davis uh, with Jeff Green. That was deemed a flagrant one, by the way, uh, by the league. Critical point in that game that goes uncalled, by by the way. Unbelievable. Yeah. Good point by you. It's a flagrant foul on Kyle Kuzma. Not only do they not call it a flagrant foul, they don't even call it a foul. Because it's such a – it's a bang-bang play, and it's – I mean, what happened was – I mean, to my recollection of it, because honestly, I haven't like die. I haven't dove deep into this play just to see the whole details. But what happened? It's from what it appeared, Kuzma like was trying to get the rebound, trying to get positioning, but used his forearm to get positioning, and that pushed Covington into Anthony Davis, and that's why Anthony Davis fell on his hip and then that forced Covington to lose his balance and Covington ended up falling and then hitting his head, which that if if Covington, I I hope it's somewhat like what happened with Daniel house where it kind of just went away on its own. But I mean, Covington didn't return after that. If we don't have Covington for game four, I don't see how the Rockets can win. Like what we've seen is that every person on in this rotation, the top, seven guys are incredibly valuable and without one of them it changes the dynamic of the whole team and that I think is something that we saw tonight but also let's not take away this fact despite not having Daniel House the Rockets had a chance to win this game yeah but I'm over moral victories yeah and and look there's yeah but also like in in the world in which Daniel House doesn't play game four. Like, I think the Rockets still have a chance to win. Uh, it would be a lot more difficult. If based on what you play, I think it's a little more difficult. But here's, here's the thing. We said it on the last show, like, are the Lakers going to shoot over 50% again? And they did, again. Um, so is that going to happen again? Well, it's happened twice now. 
it wasn't a one-time fluke. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again now. They've proven there's a pattern there, Mike. And that, like, the Rockets need that number to go down. And there was something that Stan Van Gunny mentioned during the broadcast that you, this is how you stop that. Because a lot of their buckets are, you know, them getting their kind of shots, them exposing the Rockets' mismatches and turning it into their advantage. They're getting Anthony Davis really favorable looks in the post. And Anthony Davis is making some good shots. And I'm okay with that. LeBron is also, you know, four of nine from three. That's not surprised because it's LeBron, but it's still unlike him. Not what, not the kind of player LeBron usually is, is someone that takes those three-point shots. But that's, that's why he's so good at this age is because he has evolved his game around the trends of the league and that's why at 35 he's a small forward but he's the leading assist uh he's the leader in assist this season so for me like lebron is getting his ad is getting his and even when they were especially in that first half when lebron had like 26 points in the first half the rockets still had a lead and the ultimate reason behind it is you didn't have an answer for rondo in my opinion, I think that's where you lose the game. I feel like Kuzma, his 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 production came when the game was in the Lakers' favor and he was just icing the game. But I feel like Kuzma doesn't get his if the Lakers don't add that cushion in the fourth quarter. That early part of the fourth quarter, Verondo made like two threes. Um, Anthony Davis had some buckets in there and it just... It, it demoralized the Rockets, and there was just no coming back from it. Yeah, to address a few things that you said and to, to touch on what I said before, Robert Covington did not fall into Anthony Davis. He was shoved by Kyle Kuzma. Yes. Probably has a broken nose. And we're gonna find out tomorrow. I mean, that, and it was a critical point in the game because the Rockets were only down eight at that point. I think it was with like six minutes left, and the Rockets have shown that they can come back. So another critical point in the game – where a no-call goes against the Rockets. The Lakers get the ball out of bounds, and I think they hit a two, so they go up 10 points. So instead of having the ball and being down eight, you're down 10 without your de facto center and best defensive player. Mm -hmm. So another grossly mishandled situation that went against the Rockets. I mean, even if that call does go for the Rockets, though, you're down eight without your best player because he is broken nose or whatever. And I don't think the Rockets, you know, get back in the game. But I mean, who knows? I I don't I don't believe that they would have gotten back in the game. But in the, it, it, in it's the- a moment in the series that the Rockets can use as one of two ways. They can use it as a as a you know that happened. We can move on from it, or they can use it as fuel. And they can say, like, this is what they did to one of our brothers. We need revenge. And I hope they see it as that because this team needs a jolt of energy. That's what this team needs. This team has been dealt two fourth quarter losses in the last two games. And it's they need a jolt of energy. You know, I think the comeback from Monday's game was impressive and it was very good. But... After losing tonight and trailing in the series, this is the first time in the whole playoffs the Rockets have trailed in a series. So 
this is uncharted territory for them. And they need a win on Friday if they want back in this series. Because to come down 3-1, I mean, it's doable. But against this Lakers team, do you really think you're going to win three straight? I don't know. No, it's an absolute must win. But an absolute you know, must win on Friday. But you know who's dealt this Rockets team and organization Thursday, excuse me. a loss the last two games? Is their coaching staff. They're, yeah. They're co- you know, we talk, we talk about this all of the time, and I, I think I know what, what, what the reasoning is. The Rockets don't perform well in the fourth quarter because their legs are dead. Look at the Lakers tonight. Look how many of their players played more than 30. Yeah, they have 30 guys, Danny Green, Morris, Kuzma, Caruso playing 20 to 25 minutes, Rondo, KCP playing 30 minutes, and then LeBron and AD playing close to 40. And, you know, that's that could be a factor in the series because the Rockets now, since the, um, since the three-day strike, the Rockets have now played in six games in 11 days, whereas the Lakers have played in that span of 11 days only four games. And they had, you know, five days off or something like that after their first game. So the fresher legs go to the Lakers. And that's something that we kind of discussed with um, that's something we kind of discussed with the bubble and why it favored the Rockets because usually during a normal season, the Rockets would be playing in the playoffs after playing 82 games. And that would be their reasoning for that, you know, fatigue in the playoffs. But this year you don't, you know, you're not 82 games in You're eight games and then some playoff games. But I do agree with you, the legs, they do look a little bit fatigued, and it's only going to get worse as the games go on because the the pace of play, it's every other day. You don't get many days off, and the Lakers are the team that have less mileage on the car. The Lakers are a 2018 or, you know, 2020, you know, uh, Tesla, and the Rockets are like a 2004 Camaro. <laughs> Well, I want to point to a quote post game from D'Antoni. I think our legs got a little tired. Well, yeah, dude, it's on you. Like you're yeah. causing this. And he's saying too many 50, 50 balls that we didn't get to too many times where we weren't sharp tonight. They got us. You have guys on the bench to play. Yeah. Don't now. At least he played McLemore and rivers, but he didn't have a choice. And yeah. Well, I feel for your boy Benny Mack because it's it's hard for him to get his shot going when he doesn't know when he's going to get minutes and what his minutes are going to look like. Like if you yeah. two shots, and I think that's the thing is Macklemore and, and Rivers kind of lost their value because they aren't they don't have that same confidence that they did in the beginning part of the ball. Ben Macklemore, let's get this right. Ben McLemore nearly uh, didn't he start every one of those eight games during the bubble? I mean, granted, injuries were part of the Rockets with Westbrook being out most of those games and Eric Gordon being out for most of those games as well. But Ben McLemore got to start, and I think the reason why we saw strong minutes from Ben McLemore in the seeding games is because he got a lot of minutes. And McLemore is the kind of guy that needs to get his shot going and. 
he's not effective when he's only playing, you know, 10 minutes or less a night and barely gets on the floor. And, and defensively tonight, like, you know, I think that's a big reason why Macklemore has been playing is because he's a defensive liability. But tonight, like, he was put on LeBron in some cases, and I thought he held his own. I didn't think he was unplayable. He didn't look unplayable to me. I mean, do you – you? I know you said he played horrible earlier, but, I mean, do you think that he was unplayable? I don't think he was unplayable, but I tweeted during the game that if his jump shot is not going, he's basically useless. I mean, yeah, he played – Yeah, so he, he's in that's defense. the question – that's the question you have to pose yourself. Do you want a hundred percent or you know ninety percent of Ben McLemore, someone who hasn't proven himself in the playoffs, that is kind of a mixed bag that isn't effective unless he's shooting properly, which is a risk in the playoffs, or would you rather have seventy-five percent? of the guys that you rely on that got you to game, got you to a win in the previous series that are your best guys. And I think D'Antoni has proven time and time again that he's willing to roll with the 75% of the best players on the team, which has come back to bite him in every postseason that he has done. But this, and, and, and but this is the exception of the year, or is it? Because what we've seen is the Rockets are playing a rushed series of games. There's only, you know, so they've played six games in 11 days. The Lakers have not. And that's part of the reason why the Lakers are where they're at right now. And what frustrates me is that this these two teams are really close. The Lakers, I think, played really well in that first half. They, they did turn over the ball some you know, more often than they probably should have. But other than that, like, they didn't have too many turnovers. 13 for the whole game? Like, that that would be pretty good to me. I think that's where, like, the Rockets are average-wise in in their bubbles game so far. But, I mean, 13 turnovers is not great, but it's not, you know, god-awful. And, you know, so if you take that away, the Lakers played a really good first half. Rockets played a really good first half. It was probably some of the best basketball we've seen from the Lakers. And probably some of the best basketball we've seen from the Rockets. And the Rockets were there. And at the end of the half, it looked like the Rockets had the upper hand because you were looking at LeBron and you were looking at AD. And you're like, can they keep this? Up? And not only did they keep it up for the, for the, I mean, sort of. I mean, LeBron didn't play poorly in the second half, but offensively, he was way more effective in the first half. He had like 26 in the first half and then 10 in the second half. And what happened, though, was you let Rondo into the game. Yeah, but you let him into the game because our head coach doesn't know how to run a rotation to save his life. And you, you said it earlier that would, would I rather have 75% of a guy or 90% of a guy, right? Well, let me use this example. The, the Rockets have had the same problem now for what? We went seven with Oklahoma City and three so far in the last 10 games. The problem is not the first three quarters. The problem is the fourth quarter. And throughout the game, if you can, you know, in the fourth quarter, instead of a 70% James Harden, you're running with an 80 to 85% James Harden because he's not playing 40 minutes a game, you're going to be in a much better spot to win a game. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I almost hope that either House or Covington don't play in game four. 
And I say that tongue in cheek for the simple fact that then he, D'Antoni will be forced to go into his bench more. Well, let's play devil's advocate. Let's assume the Rockets don't have, um, let's assume the Rockets don't have uh, Covington or House for game four. Yep. Who do you put in the game? Tamari Carroll. So, so I'll ask you, two, it's a two-parter. Who starts for Covington? Because Covington has to be replaced in the starting lineup. And who, who occupies those minutes, those 36 minutes? How are they distributed amongst the team? I mean, Covington, you'll probably replace him with Jeff Green. I don't, I don't see any other option. Um, Jeff Green's going to have to – What if he, Jeff Green played 35 minutes tonight. So if you move him in the starting lineup, wait, so it would be Harden, Gordon, Westbrook, Green, and Tucker. So you replace Covington's 36 minutes with Green. Then you have 35 more minutes to make up. You're, you're going to have to play Damari Carroll or Bamute. I think what's going to happen is Macklemore, Rivers, and Carroll will get a combination of those minutes. Either 12, 12, and 12, or 15, 15, and 6, something like that. Um, but honestly, but if you don't have, if you if don't that's have the starting power. lineup, I'm not sure Jeff Green starts actually. In fact, it wouldn't surprise. I, I honestly think Ben McLemore would start. And maybe that's a good thing because it will allow Ben McLemore to like, get early offense. And that will make him more effective. And maybe that's someone that you can have throughout the game. But to me, I think that's where you go. Maybe Michael Frazier even. Because uh, he, was, he was the first person to come off the bench uh, when – two of our core guys went out and he was the eighth man. Um, maybe that's the case here. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a possibility that we at least have to discover. Um, but I do agree with you. Carol makes more sense. Um, but I think what we've seen is it's more likely, like, I think at, at worst he will put seven guys on the floor at one point during the game. But, and, and tonight he put out eight, with Macklemore and Rivers playing 10 minutes apiece. So really six guys. So if you take Covington away tonight, that puts you at seven guys that he honestly, I mean, he honestly might just go with those seven, which would be super, super frustrating because he says, oh, we lost because of our legs. Well, then why are you playing guys 36 minutes? And, you know, not addressing your depth, which is, you know, DNP CD every night. So, I don't know. I think I'd be hesitant to throw out someone like Luke Bamute, someone that hasn't played in a long time. Um, I don't think Chris Clemens is playable. Uh, I don't – I think out of the five guys that have been consistently DNP CDs, I would go with Damari Carroll. Uh, but history has shown us it will be Michael Frazier. I just think that with Covington out, to throw an undrafted rookie out like that into the middle of a series, it's not a smart idea. I ask for you to pray for my emotional well-being if they put in Michael Frazier in this series. What if Michael Frazier goes in game four and drops 25 on these people? 
then I will send him a personal eight of eight, eight of eight from three and an and one four point play. I will show up to his home with a box of Tiff treats, cookies, and an um, and an I'm sorry card that he because, can get after he leaves the bubble. Yes, absolutely. Or would you send it to the bubble? No, it probably no because I don't want to get him in trouble. Uh, well, they they can accept packages. PJ Tucker's been accepting cl- uh, shoes the whole time. Yeah, the the two guys I look at. Bob Mute has history with James Harden. Played with him before, had playoff success with him before. You don't play him. Damari Carroll has good size, and you can throw him at a bunch of different guys that the Lakers are playing, whether it be Kuzma, whether it be Morris, whether it be LeBron. Not saying stop LeBron, throw him at LeBron or Rondo or whoever. It doesn't matter. Sitting on your bench, staring at your head coach who's had the same problems now for the past three se- playoff seasons, playoffs, whatever you, however you want to describe it, not going deep enough into his bench and taxing his starters too many minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the position that we're in right now. And you're staring down a post-game quote from Dan Tony saying he has no idea if Daniel House is going to play game four. Robert Covington bleeding profusely from the should-have-been-called flagrant foul from Kyle Kuzma when he threw him into Anthony Davis. Uh, no idea his status for game four. It's time for, for him to get desperate and say, I'm coaching for my job. And you know what he had tonight? The same stupid look on his face of, well, you know what, guys? We got to go after the we got to go after the loose balls. I'm going to send all my guys out there for 36 plus minutes, and they're going to be exhausted in the fourth quarter. But need you to keep trying. Look on his face, and I'm sick of it. Well, here's here's part of it too. I mean, he all there was also a portion during the broadcast. I meant to text this to you. I'm not sure if you if you caught it, but there was like conversations. I want to say, like. They were talking about Dean because they were talking about Billy Donovan and how Billy Donovan was um, how Billy Donovan did not renew his contract with the Thunder and how um, Mike D'Antoni was uh, also in that same boat. But then they were talking about um, the anonymous source. Yeah. So Mark Medina from USA Today, uh, he's an NBA writer for USA Today. He said that Daryl Morey had talked to him and Daryl Morey had said, you know, we want D'Antoni back. Obviously, we want him to be part of the team. He's so valuable to this team because he's created this system. And I do agree that D'Antoni is a great fit for this team because of the way they play. But also that the ball is kind of in D'Antoni's court right now. D'Antoni knows the team wants to keep him. And in a way... Because of the Rockets play the way they do, they play such a unique style that only a specific coach like Mike D'Antoni can coach. That puts the ball in Mike D'Antoni's court where he can, you know, he can ask for more money. He can be the he can be the aggressor in the contract negotiations. And to me, so that means that the whole storyline about Mike D'Antoni coaching for his job and all that kind of goes out the window because if it's true, if the story is true, and I, honestly, like if they talk about it on national broadcast and they, it, it sounds pretty true to me. I, I trust the source, but if it were something like something I see, you see on Twitter, I'd question it. But this is a guy from a national 
this is a guy from a national newspaper, USA Today, one of the biggest in the country. So when someone like that has something to say, you listen because they've done the proper reporting to do that. So I believe the story is true. I think that De- I, I it makes a lot of sense, it, but it makes sense that the Rockets want to keep D'Antoni. But, you know, D'Antoni's probably a little bit hurt that Maury fired a lot of his assistants from a year ago. Um, he is, you know, 69, and I'm sure he wants to coach, but, you know, there's also a time where you feel like you've, you've taken this team as far as they can go. And Mike D'Antoni's taken this team to Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but, you know, to go out in the, in the round before two years in a row and with all this constant change, you know, and with the whole year that's happened, maybe he doesn't, maybe he wants to call it after this. I don't know. Like, you would think that, like, Billy Donovan could coach in OKC for the rest of his career if he wanted to after what he did this year. But he didn't want to stay. He was like, you know what? I've taken this team as far as I can go, and I'm done. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll see that from – because I think what we're also seeing is the coaching staffs are – taking a lot of, you know, a lot of mileage here because when the season ended in March or when the season was suspended, you know, coaches never really took a break because they were always planning for the next, you know, whenever basketball is going to happen. So Mike D'Antoni has been in the season for 12 months now, and that's straining on anybody, especially someone who is nearly 70 years old coaching a team in high stressful playoff situations i mean if i'm like like to me if i'm mike d'antoni i'm not entirely sure if if we if the rockets don't get out of the series i do think it will be more of after listening to this report i do think it'll be more of d'antoni's decision versus the rockets decision on whether or not he stays for 2020 2021 i thought i thought it was incredibly disrespectful for well, who's his name jared greenberg Whatever, whatever, Jerry Greenberg to bring that up in the middle of game four of the second round of the NBA playoffs. Why, why are you bringing that up? What, what is the point? Well, it, it, it's there, they, no they needed, they, they needed content and yeah, that's content part of the show. And yeah, it was, it was relevant to what they were talking about because of the Donovan news that came out today. Why then? Why do you, okay. Why are you bringing up D'Antoni's coaching situation? Well, I don't, think, it doesn't like, matter. I don't think that was, like I, I get where you're coming from because it can it can cause like I remember when UCF won uh, their conference championship in 2017. Um, it was during the game, like during when he was hoisting the trophy. You can look at your phone and say Scott Frost has taken the job at Nebraska, and we were like, he's right here and he's hosting a trophy. Like, come on, man! <laughs> like let let us enjoy this a little bit. And well, the same situation, but, but I don't think. I don't think it's the same situation. I don't like the, the storyline coming out of this game is not going to be, Oh, Mike D'Antoni has full leverage in his coaching negotiation. Like that's not going to take over the main storylines of this game of this series where it's about, you know, Oh, can, you know, Russ came back. Oh, LeBron was a monster. Oh, playoff Rondo. Like those are the storylines that are going to take over this. Not something that was mentioned briefly during the middle of the second quarter that had nothing to do with the basketball game. I think the the focus is still the series and 
you know, Mike D'Antoni and his future with the Rockets is something we'll talk about at length and once the Rocket season ends, hopefully in a championship. But, you know, we have far more, you know, I think the reason why we've been talking about this for as long as we have is because the Rockets lost and we're just not happy and we don't really want to talk about it too much. And it kind of just, you know, magically landed on this topic because uh, we don't want to, you know, dissect a loss. If, if this were a win, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking about this, honestly. But to touch on what you said. I, I'm the, I'm on the complete total opposite end of that argument. I don't think D'Antoni has any leverage in the conversation. I mean, because you're, you're disputing a report from a national reporter. No, but what? I, but because what I'm saying is, if I'm Tillman Fertitta, I'm looking at the situation saying you have leverage over what? What have you really done for this franchise? Uh, you changed the whole philosophy and are the sole reason why we play the way they, but the he, way we do, and that we're in championship contention. He didn't. Russell Westbrook changed that philosophy. It had nothing to do. Yeah, but Mike D'Antoni's got to, you know, have some kind of credit for that. He has to have credit for that. But you acquired Russell Westbrook, and you needed to change the way you, you begin to tailor it to Westbrook. That has nothing to do with D'Antoni. Yeah, but also like. His style of offense has has changed this team totally. Uh, year after year, he has been very ahead of the curve in terms of revolutionizing the future of offense in the league. Um, and the Rockets are an example of that. And he is a huge he is a huge part of that. And yeah. and I don't necessarily think it, it's that simple to just change the coach. Uh, it might be easier if he says, no, I don't want to coach, because then that gives you a lot easier of an idea. Like, OK, we have to go get a new coach now. But uh, to me, like, I think the whole D'Antoni thing is it, it's it's something that I don't even think is, is that big of a deal, at least right now. In hopefully two months time, then we can discuss it. Hopefully two months. It, after the season, we'll discuss it. But hopefully the season doesn't end for, you know, a month and a half. We still have hopefully a month until the NBA Finals. And if the Rockets are going to make it there, they need to win game four. So let's talk a little bit about game four. Sure. How do the Rockets rebound and win game four? You need it. <laughs> You need more offensive production from your auxiliary pieces. You need more. I agree that the offense wasn't tailored for P.J. Tucker. But how many times tonight did the Rock, did Harden or Westbrook kick the ball out to the corner and either Covington or Tucker or whoever would pump fake on a, an open three? You mm -hmm. talk about the offense is built to shoot threes. There's no need. if P.J. Tucker, if you have any – sort of open three-point shot, take it. Do not drive the ball to the bucket. You are not a slasher. You're not a driver. You are there to play defense and to shoot the corner three. If you're set up for the corner three, you take the corner three. If you are the Rockets, you need more out of your bench. Whoever yeah. the bench is, you need more than zero combined points from McLemore and Rivers. In I think that... Court, they scored zero points. You want to win game four, you have to to get something from somebody not in your starting five. Yeah. 
I think that the Lakers did a good job today taking away the three-point shot because something the Rockets want to do is get open threes. They don't want to just shoot threes for the sake of shooting threes. They want to shoot open threes. And the Lakers did a good job today of preventing open threes from coming with the Rockets. You know, they took 30 shots from three, but some of those shots were not pretty. They were just kind of, you know, let's throw it up because we're, you know, losing time on the shot clock or, you know, we feel open, but we're not actually open. But the, the, the Lakers took the Rockets out of the rhythm tonight and they need to take it back. Um, another thing that they need to do is take the Lakers out of their rhythm. Um, there were too many times tonight where LeBron had, uh, you know, easy pickings in the lane. And I do think that it is a little difficult for them to do that because of their size disadvantage. But that's something I think they did so well in game one. Like, I, I know it's doable because I've seen it. I've seen it recently. I saw it Friday, you know, and that was, uh, you know, not not that long ago. It was five days ago. So I know that it's doable. I know that the Rockets are capable. I just need to see that again. And to me, the Rockets just need to pack the paint a little bit more, put a little pressure on LeBron and Anthony Davis, and figure it out. Because if they can do that, then I think that what we're going to see from the Lakers is they're not going to shoot 55%. They're going to shoot lower than that. And it's going to force them to shoot threes. And look, if they make their threes, they make their threes. But that's not what this team is used to. They made 10 threes tonight. Four of them came from LeBron. And, you know, three of them came from Rondo. But if you take away those two guys, like Danny Green, who's supposed to be a great three-point shooter, has not been shooting the ball very well during the playoffs. KCP, he, he's hit or miss, but you know, more hit than miss, you know, Marquise Morris, you know, they put a little pressure on him today and look what happened. He didn't make a single three. Uh, so that's the thing, like force the Lakers out of their comfort zone tonight. They were fully in their comfort zone. They went to the rack with LeBron, went to the rack with Anthony Davis, the two shot 22 of 35. That's, that's over 60%. They need to shoot less than 60% from the field. That's just not good defense. This is not smart. And a lot of those were layups and, you know, easy dunks. I'm okay if Anthony Davis makes a, a step, like a fadeaway from 20 feet. Like, that's a shot that you're going to have to live with. But don't let them get easy buckets. Make it as difficult as you can. And I think that half, it was half and half tonight. I think half of the shots they made were just like, oh my goodness, great shot, props to you. But half of them were just kind of given to them. And they need to limit those as much as possible because that is what bridges that that is what makes the gap that much wider between these two teams is the Lakers and their easy shot creations because that's you know some that's one thing that these two teams have in common is they're trying to get the easiest shot possible and the Lakers are doing that they did that better than the Rockets tonight and that's why the Lakers won this game. You also look at the impact of Russell Westbrook. I thought he played much better tonight. But he was still a minus 14 when he was on the court. It's and because that early fourth quarter when they went down a bunch, he was the main he was the point guard on the court. Right. And he was 13 of 24 from the court tonight, which is great. 
the thing that drives me nuts about Westbrook, though, is, and this is his game. This is the way he's always going to be, is there's those, he takes 24 shots. There's like five or six where you're just like, what are you doing? There's mm-hmm. 20 seconds left in the shot clock. You don't need to pull up for a 17-foot jump shot. And it comes at just the worst times. I think he took two or three of those in the early fourth quarter of it's a tied game or it's a two- or four-point game. Russ, you cannot shoot that shot. Mm-hmm. So what I look for, and the other thing that I look for in this Rockets team, look at the Lakers, right? Rondo's a fiery type of guy. Uh, LeBron is a fiery type of guy. The Rockets really have one of those guys, and that's Russell Westbrook. And P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, yes, but I don't think it's the right type of fire they need right now. I they think need, everything. They need to just throw everything out of the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And honest, because at this point, they are they're in a position of pretty close to desperation. I don't want to say desperation totally, but they're close to it. They're close to it. They're, they could go down 3-1, and that like game four is probably going to be the most nervous I've been. It's been almost as nervous as I was in game seven, because... To go down to go down three one is basically a death sentence. It's, yeah, it's basically a death sentence. They're so, de- they should have been desperate tonight. They're in full desperation. Also, like Thursday. I don't know. I just to me, to me, I think that they they need to recognize where they are, come together, and take control of this series again. You know, this series has the potential to go seven games. Series has the potential to go six games in the Rockets' favor, too. Um, the series also has the potential to go in the Lakers with five games. That That's what this series is. It, it's I feel like we're going to see toss-ups in every game we see. Not None of these games are going to be... None of these games are going to be a wide margin. You know like, what? They're going to be close. And that's one more one more key. you got to show up in the fourth quarter. Third? If you don't play like you did, if you play like you did tonight in the fourth quarter and you play like the way you did in game two in the fourth quarter, you can't win these games. Thursday night is a night. You got Bruno Caboclo sitting on your bench. Throw him in there. You know what? Anthony Davis is killing you. Throw a hard foul or two at Anthony Davis. I don't know about Bruno. But, what? but why not? I would rather have Tamari Carroll if you're, if you're really. But understand, understand what I'm saying, right? It's okay for all for our guys to get hit in the groin multiple times. It's okay for Robert or uh, Kyle Kuzma to shove Robert Covington into Anthony Davis and potentially break his nose. If you're Dan Tony, you got guys sitting on your bench. If you're not going to play him for legitimate minutes, throw him in there for a hard foul or two on Anthony Davis. Show you're not going to back down and give into the media's favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. That's what I want to see on Thursday. You are in full desperation mode. D'Antoni, coach for your life, coach for this playoff run that you and I still think that they can have. They need to put every single thing that they have on the table because if they go down 3-1, the series is over. Yeah, I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of Harden My Take. Be sure to follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN and to download the Harden My Take podcast wherever you listen to Harden My Take. Be sure to also give 
the Dream Shake Alike on Facebook if you're over there. And don't miss any of our coverage throughout this playoff run at thedreamshake.com. Move of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Also be sure to follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, on Twitter at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And your final message to Red Nation. Watch Thursday. This team is going to win game four and tie this series at two games apiece. I guarantee a win on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And tip off for the game on Thursday. It's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time if you're in Houston, Texas. It's going to be an early game. If this game was at the Toyota Center, we would have literally no fans in the lower bowl uh, until maybe the third quarter. And <laughs> would be giving out free hot dogs, free beer, free chicken <laughs> to show up, and I would be there at 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, You know what? I'm, I'm appreciative of this because, um, as you all know, I mean, I'm going to be watching the Rockets game all the way through, but... Uh, Houston Texans also kicked off Thursday night. That game is about an hour and a half later than the Rockets tip off. So I'm going to be, so it's nice. It's kind of spread out a little bit. I I much appreciate that more than uh, a 9 p.m. start here on the East Coast with an 8.30 kickoff for the Texans game. So games are a little bit spread out a little bit more, but we'll also be recording Harden My Take uh, sometime Thursday evening. We'll be out Friday morning, catch our recap of game four. That will be when you can hear from us next. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Harden My Take. And until next time, go Rockets.